Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is A Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me as ever is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. Can't complain. We've we've had more coronavirus jabs injected into arms in this household, so we're feeling pretty protective, uh, protected even. Our collective immunity is being your, bolstered. Your internet speeds are way up. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yes, reason to be cheerful. And actually, uh, a very proud moment when my dad compared the process of going to get the vaccine to queuing for a ride at Disney. Oh. Apparently sort of twisting, turning around the corners of the GP, uh, wondering, is this the moment that I get into the injection room? No, there's more people. (laughs) Yeah, the demand is seemingly off the scale. They should really consider introducing some sort of fast pass system. I guess (laughs) guess that's what private health care is for. Private health care, the fast pass system of uh, the British medical industry. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think as you very uh, astutely said some weeks ago, basically the, the entirety of the American healthcare system is basically fast past. So yeah. uh, it could be a lot worse. Anyway, uh, while people here have been getting jabbed, Josh, you've been swanning off cheating on this fine institution by doing different podcasts. What uh, is going uh, on here? It's I absolutely have, yeah. unacceptable. Uh, First I, of all, uh, you set up your own Twitch account. Yeah, pawned off the Park Rush Twitch page, and what next? You're going to leave the the podcast itself for this new enterprise of yours? Uh, no, not not quite. No, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, even if I wanted to, I could do sports podcasts every week. I think I might struggle. I just don't watch enough sport. I mean, I, we haven't. We, we're not really going to theme parks particularly regularly at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet here we are. Still somehow managing to do this every week. And I did say before we started recording, sorry, uh, that I, I should, because, we've, you know, we've done a lot of these, I should start saying what episode number it is at the start just to emphasise to people how long this has been going on somehow. And uh, this week especially because it's episode 123. Oh, baby, 123. Anyway, um, this sports podcast, what's going on? Here? Yes, um, friend of the... Uh, of ours uh, does a sports podcast called the under the kosh podcast the utc podcast and this week they started a new series on the show where they're basically making a big old list of the greatest of all time in various sports the goats uh, and later on in the year they're going to do a big old goat bracket to find the goat of goats uh, and i was invited on to talk about my personal choice in goat I mean, uh, this all sounds very familiar here. Have they been listening to your Thing Park brackets and uh, got uh, the maybe. king of the brackets himself on to help them start with their own bracket? Maybe, you know. Um, I, I was brought in as an advisor on how to start their podcast, so... Oh, wow. You know. You're a consultant. Yeah. <laughs> Consultants ch- get charging. big money. I sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got get there are six figure salaries associated with the job title consultant. I'm pretty certain in some industries. I don't know about podcasts, but I put it maybe on a business card. Be. Joshua Lawrence, podcast consultant. Absolutely, yes. I was really hoping when you said they were, they'd started a new series that you were going to say they're sports video game reviews. 
<laughs> and sport film reviews, and I would have started, I would have started uh, being very suspicious indeed about this whole thing. That that's uh, that's next year's uh, bracket, right? Yes, I guess so. I mean, there are plenty of sports video games to <laughs> include in such a series. Cool, yeah. Time to do FIFA 99 versus Madden 2017. Uh, <laughs> How would you even <laughs> judge that contest? <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, well, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I hope I hope you're not leaving the Park Rush podcast, Josh. I, th- I feel like being a one-man affair would be difficult. So yeah. let's, let's hope that, that you stay loyal and true to... No, I'm not defecting anytime soon. Anytime soon, or oh, no, he's left the door ajar. There, he's left the door <laughs> not, ajar. That's not the complete denial that the fans will be hoping to, to hear. Not until we get to episode two four six. Two four six. Okay, nice. Well, that's still some way to go. Yes. So there you have it, folks. Park Crush guaranteed to be sent into your ears weekly for at least another. What's that? At almost what three years not far off two and a half years something like that yeah so that's all great fantastic hopefully we'll be able to have gone back to a theme park by then <laughs> oh that would have been a nice segue but just before we move on from this do you want to plug this podcast where people can find it uh yeah uh twitter and instagram are where you can find them it's uh the utc sports is their handle or uh but they're on spotify Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, see UTC Sports Podcast or Under the Cosh Podcast. Excellent stuff. Well, the segue I thought I'd made there in terms of going back to Think Parks one day applied to the news that finally, Josh, uh, finally. California's Think Parks have been given a date for when they can reopen. Look at us. That's, Who'd have thought? That's, I know, I know. It's been now, what, almost a year we're in March now, which is... Uh, I mean, Josh, I, I, I realised yesterday that yesterday was a year to the day for when we should have arrived in Japan, I believe, because I think we would oh. have been flying out... I think we were meant to fly out on the 5th of March 2020, yeah. so would have ended up arriving, I think, in the small hours of the 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. How does that make brutal. you feel? Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> Springing that on me, uh, <laughs> in podcast, I I hadn't even. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Oh wow. Think I was actually weirdly. I... I was watching a video yesterday about hotels in Tokyo. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a weird guy. I can't remember his name now. Actor. Um, and he goes around expensive hotels uh, and obscure hotel hotels in different cities. Oh, is and, that? It's uh, not Richard E. Grant, is it? Yeah, yeah, Richard E. Grant. I've seen, this sh- I've seen this show. I've walked in on my parents actually watching the show on TV. So he, he was, based, for my money, he was like the only good, th- the only good thing in Rise of Skywalker was that Richard <laughs> E. Grant, for some reason, got a, got a part as a imperial officer or something. He yeah, looked like he was having fun, and I was happy for him. Late game, but uh, brought a lot to yeah. to the role. Yeah, um, yeah. He he's an odd chap in real life. It it turns out. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he he jumps on every single bed in every single hotel that he goes into. But he also is like a bit. He's like, he's like the he's a bit. What do you mean? Uncle. Do you mean like he? 
You mean like he jumps into bed to sort of sleep, or you mean he like jumps on it like Tom Cruise on the Oprah sofa? Uh, he like, like jumps up and down. No, the first uh, he walks into the room, and the first thing he does mm. is jump on the bed. Right, like fall okay. face first. I mean, I probably am not averse to doing that, you know, because usually when you've when you first arrive in a hotel room, you've probably had a long travel time potentially or, or some f- sort of travel time which might have worn you out might have gone through some time zones might be a bit out of it and the the sight of a really comfortable bed and the and the and you know the the satisfaction that you finally arrived at, at your true destination it's probably yeah, just a sense of relief and joy that makes you just want to flop into bed yeah but uh, some nice hotels, uh, some some seedy hotels as well in Tokyo. Who'd Ooh. have guessed? Oh, well, that sounds fun. We should, uh, if and when this trip can be re- rescheduled, perhaps perhaps we can revisit Richard E. Grant's Tokyo episode and see if we can get some recommendations. Because well, my, I don't all... know, they're, they're quite expensive. Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, we were we were looking for looking at some cheap and cheerful Airbnbs for last year so mm. I guess we would uh, resurrect that plan but there were more of us last time I don't know whether everyone because some, some, some of the guys ended up going anyway last year but we, we no Disney, no dice we're staying at home <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. culture yeah no thanks <laughs> do one <laughs> yeah right uh, anyway yeah Disneyland uh and uh, Universal California Parks in general they've been shut for almost a year now they have not reopened at any point since they closed last spring but they've been told uh, that they can reopen from April 1st but at just 15% capacity which just off the top of my head I, I, I think might actually be the lowest capacity limit enforced on theme parks anywhere I, I'm not sure anywhere else has has been told that the limit is that low when they have reopened. I think it's maybe 25%-ish in Florida, for example, and I think it certainly wasn't as low as 15% here, for example, when theme parks opened last summer. So, I mean, 15%, do you... That seems to me like it would hardly even be viable, you know, for some of these parks to open with capacity that low. Like, would it still... Would they still be losing money uh, you know would it be worth reopening and rehiring loads of staff and all that kind of stuff or well this is the thing um i theme park insider has has a really great article where they break down a lot of this stuff and i'll link to it in the show notes and so 15 percent just doesn't seem enough to me to warrant a lot of stuff but there's like this really complex tiering system like red tiers and yellow tiers and orange tiers no have they learned nothing from our travails here (laughs) (laughs) No tears. Get rid of the tears. So 15% Brings only that's... pain and suffering. Tears Ugh. lead to anger. Anger leads to hate. That's how it goes, is it not? Yes, yes. <laughs> Something like that. So tears lead to the dark side. <laughs> yes, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it takes three bad films, but uh, we get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've got red tear, which is a 15% rule. Uh, then you have orange tier, which is 25%, and then you have yellow tier, which is 35%. But then there's other complications around that as well. And it seems that in red tier, if you're just a, like restaurants and stuff, 
you can be at 20 like outdoor restaurants can be at 25 percent if you're a restaurant but obviously but a theme park can only be at 15 percent so it seems like it might actually be more profitable for disney to not open as a theme park but to open as an area with lots of restaurants <laughs> right yeah so so because of this so the park in general can have can have 15 percent capacity but then within the park, you could end up in a situation where an indoor ride, let's let's say the new Spider-Man ride, Web Slingers, a Spider-Man adventure, or Web Swingers, that would have to be 15% capacity also because it's indoors. But then an outdoor dining area within the park that is capped at 15%, that dining area would be capped at 25%. Is that correct? Yeah, that seems to be what is what the case. Oh. And what about an outdoor ride? Is that 25% also? Uh, I believe that is 15% still. What? What? This yeah. doesn't make any sense. They need to do a press conference specifically about theme parks. <laughs> they, need, they need to explain get, uh, this stuff for people like us. Get Penfold out there to explain the yeah. uh, get, medical uh, side. Get, get what, what's the the chap's name is it robert from theme park insider get him up there yep. at this press conference because you can trust him he will ask these very specific questions so are you telling me that only 15 percent capacity can help spider-man save new york but you're going to let a quarter of the people in the park go on a flight with dumbo are you having a laugh governor <laughs> explain that doesn't make explain any sense yourself yeah this seems very confusing i i must admit one of my you know i very much am relieved that in terms of our easing of lockdown there are no tears you know everyone's coming out of various restrictions at the same time so there's there's you know i know i always thought the, confu the confusion around the tears was a bit overplayed i'm, I'm not oh, convinced anyone was actually ever as confused as the media tried to make out nor do i think and, and i think people who were gen genuinely felt like they they were confused they just weren't trying hard enough because it really wasn't that difficult having said that I do prefer, I think, the um, the concept of everyone coming out of various rules at the same time as opposed to all these different restrictions on different areas and stuff because there's more potential f for confusion even if I think the confusion itself is overplayed. Yeah. Anyway, I, that's... It, it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, the US has it a lot worse than us, but obviously over here, but they, at least they have local coverage. Their local coverage is better. Over here, yes. where we had Boris Johnson standing up talking to the whole country, which includes England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and then the Scot the equivalents had to stand up in their uh, areas and go, "Oh, by the way, that stuff that Boris Johnson said doesn't apply here." Um, was yeah, mental. Yeah, and then you had situations where even within England, you had some local leaders like standing up and saying, we think what Boris Johnson is telling us to do is ridiculous. We're going to try and hold off on this. And you know, all that stuff didn't help either foster no, a yeah. sense of unity in terms of uh, the lockdown and coming out of it or going back in or whatever it might have been. But hey-ho, uh, hopefully, you know, there's a bit more clarity around this as we get closer to the April 1st date. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we heard a few weeks ago, didn't we, that SeaWorld San Diego was going to reopen as a zoo solely uh, i yeah. guess this would mean that it could now reopen fully as a theme park just with that limited capacity so it might be interesting to see if they decide to as they're reopening anyway as a zoo whether they say well okay well we'll reopen some rides too 
I don't know. I guess it's all whether or not it makes sense from a cost perspective, because obviously for every every extra ride, every extra attraction that you open, you need more staff. Um, it's also worth pointing out, so SeaWorld San Diego is obviously operating as a zoo. Uh, mm. Zoos have a higher uh, capacity in each of the tiers than theme parks do. So it might be mm. in their best interest to stay as a zoo until the capacities get higher for the theme park stuff. That's a good point. I hadn't considered that. Quotes here, which I don't know, may indicate what Disney and Universal are thinking around this news. So we've got a quote here from Disneyland president Ken Potrock. Now, we oh, yeah. are encouraged that theme parks now have a path toward reopening this spring, getting thousands of people back to work and greatly helping neighboring businesses in our entire community with responsible Disney safety protocols. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's a trademark already implemented around the world. We can't wait to welcome our guests back and look forward to sharing an opening date soon. So, yeah, they're obviously still thinking about it. There's no suggestion that they will uh, they will absolutely reopen on the 1st of April. So we'll wait and see what Disney do. And then this from uh, Universal Studios Hollywood president Karen Irwin, who says, This is very exciting news. We deeply appreciate the partnership with state and local health and government officials and are thrilled to have finally arrived at this milestone announcement. The health and safety of our guests and team members remain our top priority, and we're committed to ensuring full compliance with our newly established protocols as we continue to create an exceptional entertainment experience for everyone. We are ready to reopen, ready to bring our team members back to work, ready to help stimulate the local economy, and ready to welcome guests. That sounds a bit more like, yeah, we're up for the first, let's go. So, uh, Yes, and... It was kind of the same in the uh, in Florida, right? So Disney World was, opened yes. later than Universal about, and SeaWorld. About a month later, right? Than Universal and SeaWorld and yes, Busch Gardens. Yeah, I remember. No, I, I well, I'd forgotten about that until you said it. That was that's interesting. So be yeah, see if they mirror the same sort of approach here. Yeah, it's kind of, it's one of them weird ones where Disney seems like they can afford like Disney can afford to open later, but. Universal were opening earlier and are supporting their brand better in these uh, tough times than Disney are, I think, in the theme park industry. Is Disneyland still being used as a vaccination site, do we know? Um, I would imagine so, but obviously it's, it's, what, it's two parks and a downtown Disney area, so how this I will just, affect I just, it, I don't know. I just like the idea of, of them still doing that after they've reopened, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just get a jab on your way in when you touch your magic band you also get an injection just all one and done yeah I think that would be pretty efficient encourage more people to get to Disneyland you know not only are you going to have a fun day out you also get a vaccine sorted <laughs> it'd be if they had the uh, avatar ride while you're in the best uh, part of the pre-show they could do it as part of that <laughs> you know a fun way to get your shot would be you know that you know that bit in and this is universal. You know that bit in the queue of the mummy where they've got the interactive bits. And you can put your hand over that sort of golden outline of, of a hand, and it yeah. will like shoot you with cold air, like blast you with cold air, give you a little shock. That there should be a, they should put a needle in there <laughs> instead. <laughs> I know that tends there, to not be where you get an injection, but there's um there, there is the Indiana Jones ride in California, right? So they could, and there is a darts yeah. being blown at Usine. Is there? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> just replace it with needles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? 
Anyway, just come, just come out. All, all of the uh, guests have just like six needles in their arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, people are desperate to get these jabs. I think they'll take them just about anywhere at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no word on your jab, I assume, Josh. You're still uh, no, no word on my dad's so- jab either. Oh well, that's I, I, I think based on. Based on the roadmap, I mean, he'll probably expect to get his jab, what, in within the next month, I would suggest. But I think there's a good chance over for my mum and dad. They just got a text from the GP saying, basically, oh, we've got a surplus of vaccine to use over the next few days. And we've been given permission to move down to the next, you know, category of people just to get yeah. through the supply, basically. And so that's, that's what good. happened there. So I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, if something similar happens there as well, you're, you know, you you're going. This is super niche local news, but you're going to your GP right to have yours, or you you yeah, did yeah. your parents. Yeah, uh, my my mum went to Prince's Park, the home of Dartford Football Club, to have hers. Oh, is that been set up as a vaccination centre? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know they, that. Um, but you can get your you can give blood there as well. Um, ah, so. That's fun. Not not as fun as getting it at Disney, but that's no. that's one of the more fun local vaccination centres I've heard about anyway. So, yeah. From April 1st, we will watch this with great interest. We'll see what happens with <laughs> the California parks. That's that's when the uh, the California local government comes out and goes, April Fools! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even considered that. Oh, gosh. Well, we'll see. It's only a few weeks away. I'd anyway, pay to watch them do that. I mean, I can't deny it would be a ballsy move. Part of me that would be like, oh, that's great. I can't believe I'm, you've done that, yeah. but that's quite fantastic, actually. Half of me hopes Boris does it. but He almost did it the first time. What like coming out, As we were coming out of Christmas time, he went on telly on the Sunday and said it's absolutely safe to go back to school. And then on Monday, he told us all to stay. Indoors and close the schools. So, I mean, that's just glad it's not far off an April Fool's, is it? Except it was in January. But, oh, it was, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Thinking back on that, it's quite astonishing that, that was, that's just been kind of swept under the rug. Right. You slept by, at, by now. Well, yes, that's, that's the tragic fact of the matter. Anyway, better news from Florida, I think, or more certain news in Florida. Obviously, the parks there have been reopened since last summer. They have never shut again they've stayed open and there's going to be another park added to the mix in i don't know say four years perhaps epic universe josh it's been reconfirmed oh can you believe it did this make your week did this make your week uh it was it was exciting news i was i was well chuffed when you told me uh that it was coming back yeah, yeah, we we've we've speculated a lot over the you know recent weeks and months about this because obviously it kind of went on the back burner around last summer. They kind of stopped construction or kind of kept it ticking along at a very low level, kind of doing, yeah, not not doing anything that would suggest the park's about to go vertical. You know, I think if coronavirus had never happened, you would have seen that by now. But I think it was all more just sort of very boring infrastructure work that you're not, you're not really going to notice. Yeah, uh, moving ground and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that kind of thing. But yes, they have they have announced uh, Comcast have announced that construction is going to restart proper. Like it will take a while to scale up, but they're going to start rehiring, which is good news for local people, the local economy. 
and get to work on this. Now, I don't think this ever had like a set reopening date, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. I think, you know, maybe 2023 was seen as the earliest it might open. And I think clearly that's now not going to happen. And I think you're now looking at, you know, if, if construction has essentially been stopped for almost a year, then you're you would assume that it's 2024 now at the earliest and i think there are some suggestions i've seen in in the media that it could even be 2025 but i mean the reopening date for me isn't really the priority right now it's just good news that it's restarted and it sends quite a big message i would suggest to the industry at large because we've spoken a lot recently about how the narrative around disney during this pandemic for the theme park kind of ultras anyway has been oh they're taking this away now they're cutting that now they're stopping this what and where universal has felt like you know while they have closed certain rides and and whatnot they have generally been seen as being a you know a bit more positive and, and continuing to invest and this was always the big one and we had speculated for a while about what they might do and what we think they should do and they've gone oh, they, the the crazy the, the crazy crazy fools have got a God and done it, Josh. Are you are you surprised? I guess is the uh, the, the first question. It, it always felt like it, like it had to. They had to do it, right? It, there was there was too much invested. The announcement that it was going to happen back in twenty nineteen. Um, it, it was like uh, they, they said it's not. They, they said it's not coming, but I just I don't believe it. I I gotta have faith. <laughs> and. I mean, do you see them see this as them sort of throwing down the gauntlet in a way as well? Like, yeah, we have we have faith that as an industry we're going to bounce back big time from this, and we are going to. I mean, this is in in any walk of life really. Like, a lot of people think the mistake for certain, you know, whether you're talking about companies or even governments coming out of like the financial crash of '08 was that people didn't invest. And used it as an ex- as an excuse to stop spending money on things and cutting costs. And actually, in hindsight, and I'm sure people were saying this at the time, but in hindsight, people have said, "No, actually, that's the time you do need to invest to kind of drive the recovery." And yeah, you, this you, seems like you invest them, early on, you recoup it in the long term, right? Yeah, and this seems like them learning the lessons of that because I think we've spoken before about how Harry Potter actually ended up opening not long after the crash and ended up in the short term loads of people wanted to you know get back to the park to see that but in the long term as well it's fostered an even bigger audience for those theme parks Mm. you'd imagine that they've looked at that and thought well let's do that but even in some ways on an even bigger scale by doing an entirely new theme park so this this the thing is this crash that the you know that the economy has had is uh, somewhat artificial, right? It's not due to a- anything in the market per se. Um, so once that once that is gone, you know, obviously it's, re- it's really unfortunate people have lost jobs and uh, livelihoods and that sort of thing. But I think the economy uh, and especially the theme park economy, like holiday economy, is going to bounce back uh, in a really aggressive way once uh, we get to a point where people feel safe to go out again um and i feel like that's sooner rather than later yes yes that's a good point actually and i think as well you know it's as i said it's big news for the local economy as well as the kind of theme park industry at large 
but I guess for Comcast as well, and like disclaimer, I am technically now a Comcast employee. So if you want to take everything I say with a pinch of salt, that's fine. But they have been, you know, even in like internal messaging and that kind of thing, you get the sense that they're very bullish about coming out of this. And, you know, in a kind of slightly perverse way, there are going to be sides of the business that have actually done very well out of the pandemic. There are loads of industries that have ended up doing very well out of the pandemic. A lot of tech companies, a lot of entertainment companies. Okay, the cinemas have all shut, but you've seen demand go through the roof for streaming services and video games and things like that. So there have been things that companies like Comcast will have been able to look at and say, well, uh, we can actually take some encouragement from this and it will give us a bit of a launch pad for coming out of the pandemic and getting back to normal. And I think actually as well, they've been relatively, obviously the figures are nowhere near where they would be during normal times, but actually the theme park figures from Florida in particular have been fairly encouraging in terms of how many people have still been going and how much revenue they've been able to generate from from what they've been able to do this year so i think yeah, that, sure. yeah that probably gave them the confidence to to give the green light to this um i think you know obviously you've got disney world's anniversary coming up this year which is going to last 18 months like we mentioned uh, mm. and that's going to you know you can only get so many people into a disney park uh whether disney like it or not and so that's going to boost the numbers for universal over that time as well Plus, obviously, everyone wanting to go to the theme parks after being locked in for so long. You know, we're vaccinating at such a rate, and Disney World usually gets quite a high British contingent. I think there'll be it'll be like a British invasion in Florida. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I think that they should recoup their uh, potential losses. Which, to be fair, the Universal theme parks haven't done. You know, last quarter they made a profit. Uh, or that they were not necessarily profit, but they were in the black. They weren't in the red, so I think they're going to bounce back and be. Have, they might be able to pay a long way of this theme park just off of the big bubble that will be coming from everyone going back after the lockdown. Yes, for sure. Do you think? I guess a big question. Like we we speak so much about how Disney are kind of notorious for the concept art doesn't match the reality, and I'm sure this has happened with Universal in the past as well, but it seems like Disney get more stick for it. Do you think that the... And it's worth noting, by the way, that hardly anything official has actually been said about Epic Universe in terms of what's actually going to be there. We've had that concept art, and then we, we think we know what the concept art is showing because insiders and people with the information that have shared it and kind of mapped what they know onto this concept art have been able to say yeah that section looks like the how to train your dragon land and that section over there is the classic monsters that section's harry potter this section's nintendo but actually the only land in that uh, universal have, have said is definitely coming it's super nintendo world and i think even that was a bit of kind of a off-the-cuff comment there wasn't really a big song and dance made about that so from Universal's perspective, they'll say, well, look, we have not publicly said anything about what's coming to this park, so don't get your hopes up. Don't, you know, if this opens and there's no classic monsters, don't don't use that as a stick to beat us with because we never said there were going to be classic monsters. It was just people that... But do you think, like, whatever the plan was in 2019 for exactly what this park would have, do you think it'll end up being different because of what's happened? Or do you think they'll try and stick to um, the plan? There's potential for it to be different. I'd like, I'd like them to stick to the plan because the plan was, 
uh, excellent. It might open slower, like they might bring on areas over time rather than all in one big bang, maybe. But uh, for for the industry, I think it'd be really good if they stuck to the plan. Um, certainly with you know, I think this obviously this is a theme, a brand new theme park. Um, but the concept art, it, I kind of liken to uh, the Epcot, new Epcot concept art, uh, mm. and we know how that's going, which is n- nothing like the concept art particularly. Um, so for them to come out and be very similar to the concept art, be like, come on, Disney, step your game up sort of thing. Yeah, I guess that was that was going to be my next question really was, how do you see Disney? Do you think this will encourage Disney to invest more as well and double down on some of their plans that might have gone on the back burner? Do you think this will spook them in any way into not cancelling things or delaying things that they might have done otherwise or scaling back on certain things? Or I, I hope so. I don't know whether they all realise that uh, before the park opens, but I think this this theme park, if it comes out, as we believe it will, with uh, the, the second Harry Potter, uh, the third Harry Potter area, the Nintendo area, the House of Train Dragon area, the Classic Monsters area, really makes Universal Orlando a proper destination theme park. And I think it will eat into Disney's lunch a lot more. You know, maybe Disney aren't uh, the top, you know, they're already losing that ground to Universal. Maybe they, you know, there could be a point where it's maybe Magic Kingdom still gets the top billing, but then underneath that is three Universal Parks before you get to another Disney Park. I think Disney might uh, be annoyed by that and might do something about it, but I think that's, you know, 2026, 2027, you're talking by that point. Gosh, they don't sound like real years. (laughs) Yeah, that's Epic Universe. And I don't think I've mentioned actually on the podcast that there has been, uh, there's been talk of like, Clearly, the April trip that we had planned for Florida, which was delayed from last April, uh, is, has been officially cancelled. The flights have been officially cancelled. So now, you know, attention has turned to when it can happen now. <laughs> so, oh. And uh, there's talk of there's talk of a, an ambitious November, which seems I don't know. I, I've never considered going that late in the year before. Or there's of course just will we push it again to next spring? So I'll, I'll keep oh. everyone posted, of course. With November's the probably not a bad spot, actually. Um, hmm. You're you're post Halloween, but you're pre proper Christmas. Hmm. Uh, you're in. You're st- still very much. You're in the early period of the uh, anniversary, though, for Disney. Yeah. Um, but more importantly. Uh, you, you, and both your parents will have had both vaccines by then. Uh, I'm assuming your sister will have had at least one. Uh, you would hope if the targets are met. So it's not not a bad spot, and it's and it's Florida, so it's always hot for her com- like compared to the UK. Well, c- yes, compared to the UK. Although what I found when I when I was last there, which was a March trip, it was actually it was noticeably cooler and more overcast than I was accustomed to in Florida so that so whilst clearly yes it was still warmer than the UK because I've been to Florida before and have a certain expectation of what it's like uh, I found it weirdly chilly 
sort of like clearly it wasn't like you looked at the temperature and said oh it's 25 like this should be perfectly pleasant but i'm used to it being like 33 and really sunny so 25 and overcast walking around a theme park especially at, you know eight in the morning or something i i think i wore a jumper to animal kingdom that wow. that year yeah which is unheard of yeah but um I, I felt the cold a little bit so i don't know what the what the weather is really like in november i haven't really looked into it it's still kind of a uh, it's it's uh, an idea what, more than you know. There's not like a, a huge amount of substance to it to it yet, but I will keep everyone posted. I think I think it's more like the nerves around, you know, are we are we what's this winter going to be like? I feel like that's going to be the first a big question. Like, what's the first big post lockdown, post vaccine program winter like? Like, how do we deal with that? Is it do we are we do we have an unpleasant surprise and it turns out it's going to be really challenging again or are the vaccines going to keep it under control and life can still be fairly normal don't know we'll have to see i just feel like november you may be you may be like if you're going to be asking for trouble one more time because 2021 is still going to be a bit uncertain you would hope 2022 onwards is when you're properly like right we're properly out of this now in terms of it being a pandemic that we have to kind of abide our lives by but 2020, you're booking anything in 2021 post-summer, I feel like you may be asking for trouble a little bit, whereas if you wait until spring 2022, you should feel maybe have a bit more confidence in in travel abroad. Uh, I, I would say I'm f I would be fairly confident from, uh, from a UK point of view in November. Uh, I'd probably be mm. more, more confident in November than I would be in the summer, purely from a, a vaccine rollout point of view in the UK the majority of people should be done by the summer but you know by november you're talking the vast majority of people you know you're probably up to like 70 80 percent by that point so at least if not more if everything goes correctly so you know we, we probably wouldn't be on any no fly lists by that point and you've got the vaccine so you're pretty safe i mean you'll just you know get it off of some other person in a foreign country that hasn't had the vaccine you won't feel the effects, but you'll pass it on to someone else who also hasn't had the vaccine, and that's for their health system to worry about. Yeah, I guess it's still quite early in the kind of understanding of just how much transmission is affected by how many people have had the vaccine and whatnot. So we'll kind of have to wait and see. But hey ho, uh, the the final bit of news, and it's more positive news if you're a fan of Universal, it's that Halloween Horror Nights will be back this year in Orlando. They had to be cancelled last year. Great news. Yeah, but they will be back. All things uh, going well this year, and they have announced the first maze, I guess, or first event, which is Beetlejuice, which was in the offing for last year, uh, and all being well, as I say, will will be there this year. So there we go, Beetlejuice. I, I I guess going in November we would miss Halloween, but I don't know. Maybe maybe if we if we decided that time of year was when we were going to do it. I wouldn't be averse to sort of saying, well, can we can we do like last week of October, first two weeks of November? Because it would feel like we've been there. We've been there in September just as they were setting up for Halloween and ultimately kind of only just missed it. If we went yeah. in November, you'd only just miss it the other side. You'd it'd feel a bit like, oh, you know, it's a bit of a waste. Let's 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 go for Halloween. Let's see if we can catch the tail end of Halloween at, at least. Yeah, I've um, been yeah, there never, during never done it. Halloween Horror Nights, but um never i didn't go at the time which for, for, I, I missed out there really yeah yeah 
But Beetlejuice should be fun, and uh, it will be a nice return to the park because obviously the graveyard review has been gone for a while. It was stolen from us by the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Which, was, I don't know, in some ways is sort of the most aggravating, right? Because, you know, people miss Jaws and people miss Kong and people miss Back to the Future, but I think what replaced them... Whether or not you prefer them or not, I don't think many would argue they're pretty high quality attractions in their own way. For sure. But but replacing something that was loved like Beetlejuice uh, for, for the Fast yeah. and the Furious and, and ride the that no one ride. seems to like. And the Disaster Ride, yeah. I used to really enjoy the Disaster Ride. Uh, that's a um, different kettle of fish. But yeah, That Fast and Furious ride is so bad. It's not great. But that, that film is meant to come out in May, correct? Or am I wrong? <sighs> What Fast and Furious fifty seven? We booked we booked it. I think right. Had we booked it last year? Did we do that? <laughs> I'm not. I thought we had. Maybe. Oh I, no! Wait. I sorry. Can't. I've just googled. I've just literally we just saw googled Hobbs it. And it was, we saw Hobbs and Shaw. That was that was getting on for two years ago, Josh. That's that's mad to think that that's yeah. how long ago that was. But no, Fast and the Furious as of two two days ago actually just got another another delay. So. It was meant to release on the 28th of May. It's now been pushed. Oh, this is according to Variety, so I don't know if it's been official, but Variety on the ball. Uh, it will now be June 25th, so there you go. June 25th, okay. Maybe mm. I can go as a as a belated birthday present. <laughs> well, it will be... The, obviously, you couldn't really... You didn't go to cinema for your birthday last year, but the year before you did, and it was... What do I need to remind oh, you? What a doozy. <laughs> oh, I mean, how does it feel in hindsight to know that you spent your last pre-COVID birthday seeing X Men: Dark Phoenix? Oh, you can fr- you can frame it like that and feel even worse about it than you did at the time. <laughs> I've he- I've had arguably two of the worst birthdays, probably the two worst birthdays I've ever had in a row now. Right, yeah. Was last year? We still in, were, were we still in lockdown for your birthday last year? Uh, we was in that like uh, weird quasi lockdown, so it wasn't. We weren't full lockdown, but right. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I think maybe shops and stuff had opened, and you could see see people outdoors, but there was still no. You could. There was no, nothing fun was open. You know, no cinemas, yes. no restaurants, no, cinemas, no yeah. pubs, no theme parks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Uh, just while I'm in this article about Fast and the Furious. Uh, I'm sorry to announce, or sorry to relay the information, that Minions: The Rise of Guru has also <gasps> been delayed. But that one's been moved no. from July second to twi- sorry, 2021 to July first, 2022. Blimey! Okay, so there you go. Could be worse. That sounds like an animation, like a, a pipeline problem, rather than a just a f- film delay problem. Um, Could be. Yeah. Is, is that a weird Gru prequel? But it's in the Minions I franchise, I, I've no what, idea. I've, ne- that's what it I've sounds never like. seen. I've never seen a Despicable Me or a Minions. You've never seen Despicable Me. Despicable Me no. One is pretty good. I haven't seen any of the Minions films, but I've I, I've seen. I think I've seen Despicable Me Two as well. That's all right. They're not bad films. I've been on the ride. So I had no idea what was going on. And all I could think of this whole time was, oh God's sake, this used to be Hanna Barbera. Even Jimmy Neutron's Nick Toon's Blast or whatever, that was fun too, but yeah. not despicable me. What's going on? 
We've basically got two of them oh. rides now, right? Because you've got that Minions one and you've got a sort of variant of it in uh, the Jimmy Fallon ride. Well, I guess that's very is, similar technology. garbage. Yes, I did not. I did not enjoy that. I've only done that the once, but it was not for me. I don't really like Jimmy Fallon, so it doesn't help. <laughs> right. I think that's going to do it, Josh, unless you've got anything else to add. No, that's it. Excellent stuff. And did you say that you remembered all the podcast details? Do you want to do the sign-off this week? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Obviously, you can find the podcast uh, at parkrush.com or on your streaming platform of choice, your uh, podcasting platform of choice. Uh, that may be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Overcast or whatever. We're on Twitter at Park Rush Podcast. Uh, you can email us podcast at parkrush.com. And if you head to parkrush.com, you can leave us a voicemail as well. That is a very good point. I think we have, we've had a voicemail before from Pastor John from uh, live from Universal. Uh, uh, his post uh, Jason Bourne experience. So that was good fun. Do send in voicemails if you so choose. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Uh, we're still in lockdown here for a little bit longer. Various lockdowns everywhere that there are theme parks, kind of, sort of, I don't know. Even if there isn't, stay safe, wear a mask. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.